a lot of times we've had situations where people have complaints about pastors. And I think probably one of the most frequent is he doesn't relate. I had a, one pastor where the congregation said in a board meeting, you know, he never recognizes any time. We had Christmas last year. He didn't preach a Christmas sermon. He didn't mention the word Christmas. He preached a sermon that was totally not relevant. Now, today's Halloween. So just in case you're going to judge me by Halloween, tonight all the little kids will be out with their scary outfits. And they'll be trying to scare a treat out of you. I want to share with you, just before I start from my sermon, what I think is a beautiful, beautiful uh, reading uh, by Max Licato. Someday, according to Christ, he will set us free. He will come back. Noticed in your prayer, Bill, you made reference to that. In the blink of an eye, as fast as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, he will come back. Everyone will see him. You will. I will. Bodies will push back the dirt and break the surface of the sea. The earth will tremble. The sky will roar. And those who do not know him will shudder. But in that hour, you will not need to fear because you know him. Heavenly Father, I ask that as we turn our eyes now to this service that has been set aside for this Sabbath day, when we will remember this time that you shared with the disciples in preparation of your own death, that death which was so horrible, and so wonderful in that it sets us free. That truly you did die for something you didn't do. Something that all of us have done. And that is sin. And so we thank you for that tremendous sacrifice. Pray that you'll be with us today as we celebrate that service uh, that you had with the disciples just on the eve of that event. Amen. And all the Bible, I think, all the Gospels for sure, there is not another object lesson which Jesus performed that so specifically instructs his followers, as does the incident of his kneeling down at every disciple's feet and washing his feet. Just sort of picture that now, if you will. At the same time, it is a fact that Jesus was performing a needed service, a necessary task. He was not merely acting out a living parable. Much more, he was performing a service that every disciple should have recognized needed to happen. The streets in those days weren't really 
streets. In fact, they're still not. I was privileged to go to the Holy Land. I was surprised how narrow those streets are. But they were even less, uh, they were even less defined in the time of Jesus. They were more or less wide paths where people and animals went every day. They were dusty and dirty. And as people walked, their footwear was not like ours today, but mostly soles that were tied with leather straps to their feet. And so when they walked those streets, their feet got muddy and dirty. And as you would go up to a house, most houses would have a large pot, water pot, sitting at the outside of the door, and it was polite if there were no servant there for you to wash your own feet before you went inside the house. I think, ladies, you can attest to that need, right? Um, that evening, as they were about to have their meal together, of course they came to that water pot outside the room where they were going to have this last supper with Jesus. And of course there were probably towels there. And of course their feet were dirty. Didn't happen. They walked into that meeting without washing their feet. They entered that home. They didn't see a servant and they certainly did not pick up on the fact that they could substitute for a servant. And so, as Jesus went in, he clearly observed the oversight. He clearly observed it. That his disciples had overlooked a very important decorum, and that was to wash your feet before you went inside for such a service as they were about to have. And if they were not aware, this was the last time they would sit down with Jesus. Certainly, they should have realized it was a special occasion. He had made special preparation for this particular meeting. They ended with dirty feet. They were as thoughtless as young boys tracking in mud. Jesus could have had a number of attitudes. Actually, their attitude pretty much went along with their dirty feet. Luke tells us that there was strife among them. They were struggling as to who would be counted the greatest. In fact, there was a struggle for placement among themselves as to who was the most important. Kind of like the debates that we're hearing. I'm just throwing this in. Between the Democrats and the Republicans. Who's the greatest? To add to that lack of proper decorum. There was one disciple among those disciples. Those twelve. Who already had been talking about his betrayal. And no doubt had been paid to betray Jesus. I think that um, with those kinds of attitudes and the total lack of caring about something so uh, simple as washing of the feet, you can imagine that Jesus 
would have to be assessing everything. And don't you think one attitude that would have been appropriate is disgust? What do you think? Do you think disgust would have been a proper attitude for Jesus as he assessed the attitudes of the disciples? The fact they came in there into this place with dirty feet? I think so. Three and a half years, he poured himself into those men. Three and a half years, he gave them the example of love and caring. Three and a half years, he had mentored them. He had taught them, showed them by example, the mind of God. I think another attitude that Jesus might have had would have been anger. I think anger would have been appropriate, don't you? Anger that his words, his teaching had fallen on such deaf ears. And here he was with those men that he had for three and a half years prepared to spread the gospel. There they are with their dirty feet and with their attitudes of who's the best. I think disappointment would be another appropriate attitude for Jesus, don't you? Disappointment, I think. Um, the fact that none of these attitudes are the attitude that Jesus had is overwhelming. It's so like Jesus. As Jesus looked at those men, his heart was filled with sorrow for the fact that he would be leaving them, with sympathy and empathy. One writer says that the more men mistreated and abused Jesus, the more he loved them. I'm not there. I'm not there. You know, I wish I were there. And I do pray for that attitude. But when people are nasty to me, my wife would say, boy, you can get nastier, Marvin. It's not our attitude to love people who treat us mean and abuse us. Our attitude is to get back. It wasn't Jesus' attitude. It was not his attitude at all. It was an opportunity in which he showcased the mind of God. How it contrasted with the mind of men. The scripture says that he rose from that meal and he laid his uh, outside uh, clothing aside. He took a basin of water and knelt at the feet of every man and washed his feet. Of course, there's a whole sermon in the uh, lesson that uh, was given to Peter who said Jesus wasn't going to wash him at first. That task having been completed, Jesus took his place at the table. He says, do you understand? Do you understand what I've done? You call me teacher and you call me Lord and you're right to do so for so I am. If I then, your teacher and your Lord, have washed your feet, so you ought also to wash each other's feet. For I have given you an example. That is, I have done to you what you should do to each other. In this one incident, Jesus gave not only to those disciples, but to you and me. A major important lesson. 
And that is the lesson of servanthood. And there's a couple of texts, and I always used to wonder, why did they put those texts in there? There's a couple of places where it says that, um, and it seems so obvious. Um, I'm telling you that the messenger is greater than the message that is sent, or the one who brings the message is not as great as the messenger. And I thought, that's so logical. That's so logical. I read one comment that I think puts it in perspective and says, surely you don't believe that I am the one who should have washed your feet. Surely you're not that naive. Surely you know that the proper thing would have been for the servant to wash his master's feet. I really think Jesus said it, drove it home so that they would realize it is servanthood, the serving one another. It is the idea of loving one another in spite of the love that we would seek to receive from others. That is a God-like feature. That is a thing that we, as his people, need to emulate on an ongoing basis.